This is 680-CJOB. Hey, everybody. Another cold weekend here in the peg, but that's not keeping any true Winnipegger inside, right? As all of you know by now, I love craft beer, and with the growth of the craft beer industry here in Winnipeg as of late, my intention is to talk to all of the local craft beer makers to get to all of you beer drinkers, literally, to try them all. Today, I have Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing here to talk about the unique and tasty craft beer they make. Let's get into a little bit of your history uh, and beer. Like, how did you get into the industry? How did you, were so, you a home brewer first? I, well, I had actually sort of a long career with the, the breweries in town. So, uh, going back to about 2001 is actually when I got my first taste of uh, a brewery. My sister-in-law, her dad, Doug Seville, uh, actually, he was a, uh, former brewer for, uh, Molson's Brewing that was on Redwood, Maine. That was a brewery, uh, that got taken down. Uh, probably early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Him and a bunch of partners started Two Rivers Brewing, and that was on Ferry Road. Yes, Two Rivers. Yeah, yeah Two Rivers. It was quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I got my first start was uh, I was fresh out of high school, just turned 18, and uh, they needed some help in the brewery. That's, hey, Gravy. what the hell? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> Done. I, I, I'd love the opportunity. So we're in there for part-time work and I, I, that's where I literally started from the ground up. Yeah. And it was literally cleaning, you know, just doing remedial work. Mm-hmm mopping the floor, cleaning tanks. And then it, it escalated from there. It went from cleaning to working on a packaging line to running the packaging line to running filters um, and really starting to learn the fundamentals. And I didn't even touch brewing at that point. Uh, but then in 2003, we amalgamated in with uh, Fort Gary Brewing. Mm-hmm. And it became sort of basically Fort Gary, Two Rivers Brewing, all under one. And that's where, you know, the scale really escalated. We went from a small little brewery and then it went uphill uh, to a much larger brewery. And then again, I, I was working night shifts doing filtering and then eventually migrated into the brewing side of things. And this is now over, let's say, four years. And then um, I had actually gone away for school. I went to Red River College to be, become uh, an aircraft maintenance engineer. Yeah. So I did that during the day, worked night shift at the brewery. And um, so that career, I kind of dabbled in it for a couple months and didn't really turn out for me. I didn't really want to, you know, leave Winnipeg, didn't want to travel and you stuff like that. It. Yeah, it wasn't really a big passion. And, no. and at the time too, working for the brewery was kind of, I thought it was a paycheck at the time. You know, I, I love getting, you know, when we got getting free samples and-, and For sure. You're 18, it, it was a great job. Old and- but it wasn't until I really got into the brewing side of things that it really started taking off for me that I thought, you know, I could really, you know, change stuff. I can- um, you know, I'm putting my own, my own name on, on these beers. So, um, that's really when I started really enjoying what I was doing. I was brewing and then eventually I took over the entire brew house side of things and, and the cellar and, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fantastic. You know, the long hours didn't really matter. Uh, it was just, you know, enjoying what I was doing and I was making the beer. That's and like then, beer school 101. Seriously. Yeah, that's exactly. Like a long beer school. And one of the things too is, uh, like I learned everything on, on the job. Um, uh, at that time, Doug Seville was still working with us. Um, so he was a really great mentor. Um, and I had a blast. So I really learned everything on the job and it was all hands on, you know, uh, the troubles that we had, you had to wing it. Uh, you had to fix it on the spot. That's you know, there was no, let's get a textbook out and, yep. and try and figure out how to fix it. So that from there, that's really where then, you know, things like, uh, Torque really came into play at really early stage was, you know, you know, one day maybe I can have my own brewery. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm running a, you know, a brew house right now, running a cellar. It, maybe one day that can happen. And, and eventually it, it kind of led into that was when things started becoming, 
sort of more routine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really that challenging anymore. We were like, okay, we came up with a, a few batches here and there of, of specialty products. But uh, it really dawned on me that there was a need. There was still at that time, there was half pints in Fort Gary. And um, I thought, you know, maybe one day I will open my own brewery and 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 find the right people to to join me on that uh, little venture. And then it wasn't until uh, John Heim and me, um, we were one day, we were actually enjoying a couple beers and we were talking about it, that there, there is a need. This is before really uh, there was any announcement that changes in legislation and relaxation on taxation. Uh, and we thought, you know, there there's really a... a a market out there for more beer. Mm -hmm. When you look to the east and the west of where we are, uh, you see craft breweries really uh, growing and, and thriving. And where just, the Flintstones over here? Exactly. You know, there wasn't really much going on, and a lot of people were just like, "Hey, you know, why don't we bring more beers in from all these provinces?" And it's like, "Well, why don't we make our own?" For sure. You know, got all so, the ingredients right here, right? Exactly. You know, we we're growing barley. Uh, you know, we even have, you know, people like Sandra Gowan from Prairie Jam Hops. You know, we, we can grow hops, we can grow the barley, things like that. And we have an abundance of water, really great water <laughs> for growing beer. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. So uh, that, that's really how things started uh, going for me. Okay, so let's talk about Torque. Let's talk about um, the name. Where does the name come from? How did you guys come up with the name? So Torque really is uh, a melting pot of basically... All of us. Um, so we and got five partners. Five, five we got five right. partners. So <laughs> myself, John Heim, right. uh, Adam Olson, we have uh, uh, Phil Bernardin and Jill Panette. And uh, so for, for me, myself, I I still love uh, sort of mechanical things. I, I love working on cars. I love working on at home. I live outside of the city, so a tractor and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the aircraft maintenance background. Right. When you, when you mentioned that, it's not that far off from what you were doing initially again, because all of it is mechanics when you really. Exactly. Right. You know, um, and also when you're running a brewery, you know, things are breaking down and, Fully. you know, and you're not picking up the phone, phone the repairman where you're, you're fixing it yourself. Well, you, you have, have to, to, otherwise you'd have them literally employed by you. They might as well just stay here. Exactly. You know, then you're shutting down the plant and well, you're not getting anywhere. Right. So from my background, so Adam. Uh, he's a microbiologist, uh, by trade, uh, and, really? uh, and actually, yeah, he's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> phenomenal. And, and, uh, between him and I, um, and, and Perry, our head brewer there, um, you know, between all of us, we're really working on the, on the, on coming up with new recipes and, and fine tuning and honing, like we're still a young company, so mm -hmm. we're still fine tuning the brewery to make sure that we're running at sort of great efficiencies, stuff like that. Is that the part that really attracts you or attracted you? when you were leaving is the chance to, you know, you said things were kind of very routine. Yeah. So you don't seem like the type of guy to me to. No, that's like really the, gonna... the long days, um, just constantly like today, you know, perfect example. What could go wrong was going wrong, but, uh, the challenge is there and like get, uh, stay on your feet, uh, look over what's going on right now and, and tromp through it and get your work done. And that's actually what what happened today. So, and and yeah, it's it's the challenge is continuously evolving. Every day is something completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we have our core brands. Um, you know, we're kind of trying to come up with uh, specialty recipes to you know that we're only going to be serving in the tap room, and then you know potentially be putting on to um, you know uh, releases. We have our seasonal, which is bumper shine, mm -hmm. and uh, did that get released yesterday? Today? Uh, you know what? It's we got it right now in the tap room, yeah. uh, and we're just waiting to do the release on uh, on the cans for uh, the MLCC. So gotcha. 
And uh, so, yeah, it's, every day is, is something new. And that's really what attracted me to that mm-hmm. was, you know, it's going to be your own as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like in every aspect, like it seems like you're even involved um, a lot in the marketing portion of it. Like every aspect of I'm making yeah, it, I give, I'm fixing things, I'm giving my input on on marketing and blah, 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 the whole nine yards. Right? Exactly. You know, I'll give input to uh, John, who uh, who's our president and also uh, doing all our marketing. You know, uh, input on what we're expecting in the beers, you know, how the beers are are, uh, are doing, um, you know, when we're coming up with the specialty beers, flavor profile, stuff like that. And like, we haven't even tasted them yet. And this is what we're going to think we're going to have. So mm-hmm. really putting the input on there. And then John takes that and puts it to a whole new level. And like you can see on the cans, you know, I got the, the Woody Belgian in front of me here right now. Citrusy, aromatic, weedy. Um, I love it. Cheeky. I do love the cans. They are yeah. very creative, right? You and know, they stand so, out. I was in the LC the other day. Looking amongst the sea of beers, and they actually stand out quite a bit amongst beers, right? And that's the thing too, right? You gotta have curb appeal. It's just like if you're got trying it. to sell your house, you need to have a little curb appeal to big time. The eyes gotta come to you first, exactly, or at so, least come to you. Period, right? Exactly. We'll be right back after the break with more from Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing here in Winnipeg. So don't go anywhere. I'm here talking with the passionate Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing right here in Winnipeg as he breaks down how to truly taste and enjoy a craft beer. One of the things whenever I used to talk to people about beer was you have to use all your senses uh, when you're trying a beer. First, you see visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... it's it, Your eyes eat it first. Exactly. You know, they see the can or they see the package. And not only that, when you crack the beer, uh, if you're like me and you like to pour it into a glass, you pour it into the glass and again, you see the actual, the, the color, the effervescence of the beer, the, um, the head that comes off of the beer when you pour it, uh, so you're still seeing that stuff. So you're tasting you, first you, with you, your eyes. You don't like beer at all, eh? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, I just, I just like talking about it, you know. You enjoy it. I'll just sit here yeah. and watch. I'll just watch you enjoy that beer over there. So it's, you, you, you see the beer and then... You know, your nose comes into effect, you smell it, you, you then, you know, from the visual to your, to your, uh, to the aromas and then eventually you're going to taste it and that's really what kicks it off. So. Okay. So timing wise, when you guys opened the brewery, there were, you know, other breweries opening at the same time. Did you guys feel a sense of urgency? Because things are, things can go wrong. Um, setbacks can happen. Did you feel a sense of urgency to get open because other ones were opening or was just, Hey, you know what we're going to. There was the urgency to open just because, um. Especially for our plant, when you when you look at the size uh, that we have, and you've been there and you've seen the size, yeah, quite large. Um, it, it's quite large. So the funding needed, like when we we put the investment in to get it going, as soon as you know you're you're starting to pay construction costs, leasing costs, stuff like that. You know, money is going out, and, and you want it to come back in. The urgency is to, especially for us, because we were we're a brewery first, and the tap room is you know is on the side and is a big part of our, our business, but, uh, because we do all this packaging that the brewery is first. <clears throat> so the urgency was to, to get up and running, get the brewery going, get our packaging going, uh, just because to start getting the income in. Right. Mm-hmm. So once you start spending the money, you, you wanted to get it going. You chose that building for a reason, location wise and the building itself. Like that's a, it, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, traffic wise, pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, trucking wise, it seems like a really easy, good route. Yeah, it's um, um, when we were looking again the scale of our brewery. There, there were a couple options um, or a couple things that really came into play. Was uh, um, there's uh, utility requirements, there's uh, trucking requirements, uh, and space requirements. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, it comes down to the size that we were thinking of, and the location there on um, eight thirty King Edward really 
uh, stood out from all the other locations we were looking. We looked at one actually uh, off of Inkster quite a quite a few months before we picked this location, and it was just really out of the way. When you look at actually all the other breweries that are in town, you know, Half Pints is only a couple blocks away, which is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you were on the uh, on the tour there the other day. Yeah, you're um, you're hitting breweries like in five minutes. You leave exactly. one, boom, I'm, I'm at exactly. One. So right. Barnhammer's down the street. Uh, Half Pints is down the street. Uh, and 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 soon to be is one great city, which is going to be Madison Square there. So we really have sort of that nesting of, of breweries in a really centralized location. So mm-hmm. that really also played into effect too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great thing for all breweries, right? Exactly. So, you know, the closer we are, the more uh, uh, tightly knit we are. Um, and, and it's great for things like the the tours that are going to be mm-hmm. uh, happening, mm-hmm. that are happening right now, is you can hit up all these locations, like you said, within five minutes, mm-hmm. and you get a longer time to enjoy that beer. For sure. So things have changed, you know, like we were talking about, the, the, the laws liquor-wise have changed in Winnipeg. Did that play a factor in you guys opening, or were you going to open no matter what? Yeah, well, the original original idea was just to have the uh, the brewery, right? Right. Um from my experience in, in the industry was, uh, packaging is, is key. Mm-hmm. It really gives, uh, that extra reach, allowing people that versatility to just, you know, pop into an MLC or your liquor marts and, and pick up a beer or even a beer store instead of coming right down to the brewery. So we initially wanted to have just the brewery, but once, um, legislation changed and relaxed laws on the, on the tap rooms and things like that, um, it really opened more opportunities for us, which made it a little bit more appealing to open a brewery. Right, which is, I was saying to you before, it's a little bit different. You guys are a little bit different than others for that reason, mm-hmm. right? Like usually it's everyone opens, they sell a lot of their product through their brewery, they have the growler program, they can sell it that way. But um, you guys have cans right from from day one, right? So it exactly. gives you another another way that people can... Yeah, well, the most convenient way to get beer. Exactly. Right? The versatility, you know, if you're all the way, say, out in Transcona or or in the Kildonans, instead of, uh, you know, maybe doing a detour and, and popping by the brewery, uh, you know, your liquor, uh, liquor, your local liquor marts is going to have the our products on the shelf. Right. I'm, which going, is fantastic. I'm going to block to the, to the LC and there's my beer and I'm back at home. You guys, I, I, I've read a lot of, uh, or watched a lot of interviews and read a lot of stuff, but you guys, you, you emphasize the, the whole local thing, which is getting a lot of your stuff locally, a lot of your ingredients locally, even the machines, the the parts that make a lot of your Yeah, your one of our one of our biggest deals was actually to to source as much locally as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's a really big deal for us. Like our brewing system is specific uh specific mechanical on uh, Vancouver Island. Um so it's all Canadian made. Is that hard to find? Um there are there are a few companies and um I'm familiar with specific mechanical and it's what I use for many years uh at Fort Gary. Yep. Um so I'm familiar with uh uh familiar with the equipment. Um it was, it was just a they're a powerhouse basically in uh, the Canadian market or in the North American market, actually, for brewing equipment. So they were very easily uh, to approach. Um, well, it's good for you anyway. If it's equipment that you've been using for the last X amount of years, it's a no-brainer. I want to use the same stuff. Exactly. So, so the ground running, familiar right? with everything. And uh, that really is what drew us to it. Uh, we had different options. And, um, and definitely when we were negotiating, when we were actually uh, picking out and choosing the equipment, um, we wanted everything Canadian-made. You know, support the local economy. That's what we're doing here in, in, in Winnipeg is, you know, we're, we're brewing the beer here. Uh, it, everything is going back into uh, Manitoba. I want to do the same thing for the Canadian economy. You know, there was a slight premium on the equipment, but mm-hmm. 
you know, it shows the equipment has now been working for about four or five months and has been working flawlessly. Mm-hmm. So that was a really big factor. The same thing with material, uh, like raw materials, like our grains, we're dealing with a Canadian company. Uh, we like to source as locally, as directly as we can in Manitoba. Uh, but there are some situations where, uh, just not possible. Uh, the amount of hops that we, uh, we consume, uh, like Sandra Gowan from Prairie Gem Hops, uh, has been grown locally grown hops for, uh, many years and very familiar with her, uh, use quite a bit of her hops at Fort Gary. Mm-hmm. And, but just the sheer amount that we're uh, using, like say, for example, in a Redline IPA, we're using, um, you know, over 60 kilos of hops per batch. Um, it's quite a bit of hops. So unfortunately we got to, we got to source them out, but, uh, we'd like to do as much as we can locally. After the news, sports and weather at the bottom of the hour, Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing and I will be cracking open and breaking down Torque Brewery's core beer brands. So I suggest you go grab a beer yourself and come right back and join us here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. I'm Kevin Bergen and The Main Ingredient will be right back after the new sports and weather with more Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing as we sample and talk about their signature beer lineup here on 680 CJOB. Thanks for sticking around and welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen and I'm sure by now you all know how much I love craft beer. So Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing and I were talking about the craft beer they make along with the craft beer scene here currently in Winnipeg. There's There used to be or seem to be kind of a beer culture in other cities that didn't exist in Winnipeg before. Do you think with all these breweries opening up now, it's starting to evolve? Oh, definitely. Everything is starting to evolve. When you look at, uh, we've been, and for me personally, I've been uh, involved with like the Winnipeg uh, Brew Bombers uh, for many years. Mm-hmm. And now what you're seeing is you're really seeing uh, sort of an influx of uh, especially home brewers and uh, and craft beer drinkers and uh, starting to become more of a community instead of individualized. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's great to see. You're now seeing more of them um, coming together, especially during they do monthly meetings. Uh, you know, feel really feeling. We're going to meet and we're going to talk about beer. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. It, it, guess how you brew it, how I brew it, different ideas. Yeah. And everybody evolves faster. Like the whole product evolves faster that way, right? Exactly. And, you know, we also, you know, us on more of a, on a professional scale, we're also there to help too. When we have uh, home brewers that are, that are stumped or want their beer judged. Um, Do they ask you a lot of questions? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah we get a lot of technical questions. That's really cool. Uh, a lot of feedback. Uh, a lot of home brewers will bring their beers in actually for getting some critiquing uh, to see what they've done, if it's a technical reason or maybe uh, something from raw materials that may have affected their beers or what maybe uh, our opinion is on the beer. Maybe they can change it and, and change it a little bit. That's so, really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's is, fantastic. Neat, see, yeah. When you see, you know, I remember years and years ago, you know, membership was, you know, in the say 30 members. Now you're over 60 to 70, maybe even 80 members. Nice. I don't, I didn't take a uh, road call last time we were at uh, one of the meetings. So yeah. it's definitely a growing part. And then you're seeing two sort of uh, online social media. You're seeing a lot more groups, uh, um, you know, on Facebook, there's actually uh, the Winnipeg Home Brewers uh, and the Winnipeg Craft Beer uh, Drinkers and you're just seeing all these people in and actually when they go on road trips and saying, hey, look what I'm drinking and we should have something like this in Manitoba. Uh, it's great to see. There's really a bigger community now growing because of it. That is cool. That's the that's probably one of the best parts. Definitely. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the beer. Right now we yep. are, I guess I got to talk about the beer that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> what the hell is, let's talk about it. So what the hell is, is actually 
Uh, it's our lager, and this is uh, one of four of our core brands. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a big beer. This is these are regular size cans of beer. For yeah, you guys? these are four seventy three. So what we're drinking is a single serve four seventy three. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. And usually most of your craft beers. I'm not complaining. Oh, not at all. No, no. (laughs) You're a big boy, Kevin. You can have that beer. You're allowed it. All right, cool. (laughs) So this is our our German lager. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's our Munich-style lager. Uh, Sort of really nice malt forward, uh, but sort of a very dry finish on it. Uh, Nice, clear uh, straw color. Uh, And it's basically our one of our... uh, uh, it is our core product. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a beer that uh, we really want to showcase because this is a beer that we take a lot of time on. Um, and if you ever come down to the brewery, you're going to see we have uh, large 6,000 liter tanks. Uh, and it's solely for this one beer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of macro style lagers, they're they're very quickly produced. Like a turnaround time is anywhere from two to three weeks. Uh, this, what the hell is, is actually, it's an eight week beer. Mm-hmm. What does that do for it? So what it does is the fermentation time, it's a very cold fermentation time. So it takes anywhere, probably about 20 days, if not longer for fermentation to uh, complete. Mm -hmm. So that's a transition from the sugars that we produce in the brew house into the alcohol. Uh, And then after that, there's a cold conditioning phase or the lagering phase. And that's what takes it up to the eight week mark uh, is to um, sort of mellow out the flavors, dry it out and actually... We don't do any filtration for our beers, so what it does too is it will actually drop out um, the turbidity or the cloudiness of the beer. Mm-hmm. Everything will drop out and give you a nice clear uh, beer. So refines the flavors, clears up the beer, and gives us time to uh, refine the carbonation level of the beer. So it's a it's a beer that you're not really going to see too many uh, uh, microbreweries producing because of the time. Uh, what we like to call the real estate. It 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 holds up a tank for quite a few weeks. For sure. But uh, what it does is it produces such a, a nice beer. What do you think of the beer? Come on, dude. My can's empty already. <laughs> Perfect. <literally> <laughs> you See? just got here like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Who designed the can? Is, is that a pig with wings? That is a pig with wings. <laughs> it makes you sort of go, what the hell? <laughs> oh, what the hell? There we go. There we are. I so they, you now. know, I it's, it. uh, So John designed uh, the cans. Yeah. The uh, cans are awesome, by the way. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Like it. Uh, you know, the, the styling on it. Uh, the information, it doesn't, uh, it's not overcrowded, mm-hmm. really straight to the point. Like on this can here is 20 IBU straight in front of you. Traditional, clean, malty, and bright. Pairs with patios and friends. Yeah, I like that. You it's know. cool. And it's got a, a little a wrench on that. Do they all have a wrench? Yeah, they all got a, they got a, something a little bit different. They oh, all got God, wrenches on there. And, that's you know, cool. Got a little torque wrench on there. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, going to put it in there. But, uh like going back to the design of the can, like you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, John's one that uh, really comes up with the ideas. He's very artistic and, and brilliant in this matter, and that's that's why we have uh, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's been great with designing all the cans, and then uh, I believe it's Tetro Design that uh, then digitizes it, refines it, digitizes it, and yep. puts it out for print. And like he actually designs, he actually yeah, designs he actually it? hand draws it out, gives them really? ideas, and says this is this is what I'm feeling, this yep. is what I like. And um, sort of gives the raw feel to it. And then yeah. Tetral comes and, and then digitizes it and gives it a little bit more refinement. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, what else did you bring? Let's talk okay, about what's so next. Okay. So we're going to go to then the next style here. This is actually uh, the Witty Belgian. Ooh, and it's cold. It's nice oh, yes. and chilly. You, you have to come with a cold beer. <laughs> come on. So the Witty Belgian. Yep. So this one, this was designed out of actually. I'm opening it. Oh, yeah. There you yes. go. So this one was designed out of sort of a a pet peeve of mine. Which is what? Uh, 
I've seen a lot of macro beers out there uh, on the on the Belgian the Belgian wheat side uh, or the Belgian wit side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see everyone sort of hanging a piece of citrus off the side of a glass all the time. This is fruity, and that's where we changed this style. Uh, people really like a very clean but very fruity, very citrusy style. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you have a whip beer that has a lot of phenolics on the, that are produced by the yeast. And we actually, we bombarded it with citrus and we're talking, uh, anywhere from, well, it's over 20 pounds of citrus, dried citrus put into the brew, uh, 20 pounds of coriander ground up into the brew. And then on top of it, we actually, for each batch, hand zest citrus to go into it as well. Holy smokes, man. So, and this is where, like you were saying, like passion, that's something where, you know, that's a lot of work to do. And we do it for every single batch. So the next time we do a Woody Belgian, I'm going to call you up. You're going to come down and get your citrusing uh, (laughs) gloves on and uh, and zest some citrus. And that's really what makes the beer is that uh, a really fresh sort of citrus burst that's on there. We'll be back to sample more of Torque's beer after a few of CGOB's entertaining commercials. Talk to you shortly. Matt's here from Torque Brewing as we continue to sample and describe more of their signature beer. What's the next one up? So the next one on top of this, uh, we're going to be getting into our Redline IPA. So the Redline IPA, um, you see, like IPAs are just dominating the uh, the microbrewery uh, uh, market right now. Yeah. And they have been for years and they will for years to come. Uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, instead of your standard um, IPA, we've we've actually incorporated a, a little bit heavier maltiness. And what it's done is we actually we created a nice red hue on the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using a lot of um, sort of darker malts, so you have that really f- uh, forward malt uh, flavor on it. But then it finishes with an IPA burst. You have uh, uh, we have a lot of Amarillo and uh, uh, sort of Amarillo, Citra, Cascade, a lot of hops on there that then back that malting, uh, the maltiness on the beer. And uh, and then it follows through with the maltiness and also the, the hops in the finish. So instead of just getting sort of a malt or sorry, a hop bomb, mm-hmm. we're kind of blending the two together. And it's really given the beer a beautiful... Uh, hue to it. It got that nice red, deep red color. So it's, it's really changed up what our perception is an IPA. So the, the diesel fitter is yep. a very heavy malty. It's an American, uh, stout. Yep. Um, so we're taking sort of the English style and what we've done is we've added a lot more bitterness onto it and it kind of plays with the, the bitterness that comes from all the malts. We're using a lot of chocolate, black patents, uh, roasted barley, and we're adding bitterness on top of it. And what not a lot of people know is it's actually got more bitterness to it than our IPA does. Is that right? But because you're getting all those sort of uh, chocolatey, toffee, um, heavy malt characters with it. Kind of smooth it really, it, it blends well together. Yeah. And uh, it really makes for a refreshing uh, stout. If you're a really heavy, dark uh, beer drinker, mm-hmm. that's definitely one you got to try. The Diesel Fitter um, definitely was one of our mainstays for... Uh, for one of our beers. And, and that's why you see, like, these are our core brands. It was a lot of debate on on the styles when we were first starting out and, and doing our development. That must be a long conversation. You have it, it five guys months. who know beer. Yeah. Everyone's got their preference. Everyone's got their different, you know, skill set, knowledge, blah, 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 and their opinions. Yeah. Like, how do you focus? And, and, and it worked really well. And that was the beauty of, like, the partnership that we have. Um, and, and 
deliberating deliberating over these style of beers took, like I said, it took months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did lots of trials. We we did lots of sampling. We tried different beers, um, and it eventually all boiled down to these these four styles for our core brands. Uh, but we wanted to do was we wanted styles that not a lot of microbreweries really were doing at the mm-hmm. time. And you can see like we're doing a lager, uh, which like I said, takes up a lot of real estate. We're doing an IPA, but it's, it's a different IPA. It's got the heavy red hue, lots of malt ba- uh, backing on it. Right. Uh, an American, uh, an American stout, high bitterness, not a lot of chocolatey, well, there is a lot of chocolatey, but uh, the bitterness and and the malt character all blended together, um, and the woody Belgian, a lot of citrus on it. You know, instead of being a sort of really traditional, sort of dry, very phenolic, uh, yeast derived beer, um, we changed it up a little bit. So it uh, it took quite a while to to formulate the beers, sort of design them, test them, try different styles, different yeast strains, stuff like that. So right as I, as I'm drinking it, I'm thinking the the testing and the decision-making would take just as long as building the brewery itself. It did. Right. It did. I, basically, these four beers took literally a year to, to design, sure. test, and, and finalize. And uh, and one of the things, too, uh, that we are very adamant on is is the consistency of all the brews. And you can see it, you know, from day to day. Once we decided on that style, that's... That's how the beer was going to be brewed, and that's how we're going to continue to brew it. Uh, no changing, no tweaking, uh, because inevitably somebody's going to pick up on hmm. on on a change or and know that that's a, not hey, that's not the same beer. That's I not bought. the beer that I had, right. you know, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was it was very important to to finalize them before we even started doing our our beers in uh, in full scale production. Okay, so let's talk about where Manitobans can can get your beer. If they you have a tasting room, we didn't talk about that, which is yeah, quite we, nice. So we're located at 830 King Edward Avenue, right. or King Edward Street, sorry, uh, Unit 330. That's where you're going to find the brewery and also our, our tap room. Our tap room, 50 seat capacity, nice big open spaces you yeah, saw. that's great. Uh, great place to come in. We're open uh, basically Tuesday to Saturday from 11... Um, 11 till 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that time changes. You know what I mean? Like 9 p.m. seems a little early for a beer spot, right? Yeah, it's, you know, that's actually, you know, the Manitoba Brewers Association, things like that. We're going to be, because uh, okay. it, it doesn't affect only us, it affects all the other breweries right. and the times. Um, so hopefully in, you know, the near future, things like that will be relaxed a little bit and a little bit. Who wants to come to the tap room and watch, you know, the second period of the Jets game? And, right, and then, uh, yeah, got to go. Got to go. Gotta Sorry, guys. You know, last call. Even the beer tour itself, you know, it's got to start earlier. Because you want to cover the, the actual... There's a lot of ground to cover. You know, even though we're really close in proximity and, and once we get more breweries online, you know, and there's more to visit, mm-hmm. you're going to need that extra time to go and hit up these breweries. Because I don't right? like to rush, man. If I'm having a no, beer, I want to finish my beer that's one. That's one of the worst things is to try and rush a beer that you're enjoying, right? For sure. Then you got to chug it and it's not a good thing. No, right? exactly. You don't no, want to do that. You want to sit, enjoy, and especially each place has their own unique atmosphere, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And right. that's really what I love about it. Um... If know, I was 18, I'd shotgun it, but I'm not 18 anymore. <laughs> no, you don't want to. <laughs> don't get me started on shotgun anymore. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, um, so yeah, our tap room, great place to come in. You can pick up, uh, you know, our single serves. You can pick up the variety pack. Uh, in the so next you can couple. buy the cans, growl, you can buy cans, everything. Cans, growlers, everything that we produce, you're able to purchase in our tap room. Nice. And it's canned on location. On location. So in behind our tap room, uh, that's our full scale brewery. We got, uh, 
13,000 square feet of uh, production brewery in the back. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit of space. So uh, we just recently added about uh, seven new, or sorry, five new tanks and, and two tanks that we uh, we sort of reconditioned that we uh, we picked up. Yep. And uh, so we're, we're increasing in our capacity, you know, um, that was kind of our two-year goal was to do our increase and we've already done it within our first three months. So wow. it's fantastic. Yep. So that's the brewery. Uh, all our other products, um, so all our single serves and variety packs, um, all the liquor marts within Winnipeg, you can actually purchase uh, all our products. Um, Which is awesome. That's a great thing, especially for a local craft beer. Exactly. That's huge. You know, you can, uh, so like I said, uh, no matter what uh, what point of the city you're at, you can go to your local MLCC or your liquor mart uh, and pick up any of our products there. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things, uh, because we're... we're uh, there's so many people enjoying our products. The best thing to do is go online and actually check the in-store availability. Things like our variety packs. Can you do that? Yeah, you can actually. They actually have a, a sort of a live inventory of products on their on their website. Yep. So you can type in Torque on their their product uh, uh, sort of search engine, mm-hmm. and it'll come up with our products. And it actually gives you sort of a live inventory of Didn't all our products. Know that. That's yeah. handy. So really anything good. that you can think of, if you, if you're, you know, like your scotch or your bourbons, you can, yep. you can Google no, that. That's awesome. It's not Google. See, it, I'm you. really lazy. You must know, <laughs> you, must, you must know me because I am really lazy and I don't like driving around places to find stuff when I can exactly, just right? click. Exactly, right? just click on it and like, oh, I'm just going to bypass. I'll just go to where it is. I'm exactly. not going to drive around and find, and find And especially like for our variety packs, uh, like we're, we're, we're trying very hard to, uh, that's what we've been doing over the past couple of days is getting sort of more inventory for variety packs. Um, and they're, they're moving, they're moving very fast, especially for Christmas time. They, mm-hmm. they move very quickly. So a variety pack is just a combination of all, all of the, the yeah. brands. So our variety pack actually contains three cans of each of a variety of our core brands. So we have three Hellas, three Redline, uh, three Diesel Fitter, uh, which one am I forgetting? And three of the Witty Belgian. Yep. Uh, so it gives you a, a really You forgot because that's a beer in your hand. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It's called How an empty going on me, me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got our, our, basically all our core brands in one box. And That's it's nice. fantastic. Matt, I appreciate you coming in, man. I appreciate the passion and hey. I love the beer. Hey, thank you for coming and, uh, and having me down here. And like I said, it's, it's always a blast and I love chatting about it. So whenever you're down, you, you come down and have a beer with me. I love drinking. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Have a good one, bud. We'll be back to wrap up the main ingredient right after the break. Be right back. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone, and thanks to Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing. I really suggest that if you're heading out for dinner sometime soon or simply want to have a beer with friends, to stop by Torque Brewing and enjoy a couple of their beers in their tasting room and talk to the guys who make it. Join me next week as I welcome Chef Yen Chen from the Era Bistro, which is located inside the Human Rights Museum down at the Forks, to talk about the fantastic food they make. I'm Kevin Bergen, and this is the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.